Hey everybody, it's John Maroon. Welcome to Spin is a Four-Letter Word, the Maroon PR podcast, all things public relations and media. Joining us as always, there's our silently but deadly producer, Brittany Everett. Hey, Britt. She is waving wildly and not as usual, a little different, but he's been with us a few times before. Eric Hammond, our account director here. Eric, thanks for joining us. Hey, John, Britt. Good to be with you guys again. Yeah, great to be with you. And we actually have a really cool guest on today. Her name is Candace Brown McKellia, and she owns 180PR. They have offices in Denver and Sarasota. Um, their website is wedogreatpr.com. I'm very jealous about that URL. It's pretty cool. We talk about it a little bit here. But you and uh, Candace have a, a history together, right, Eric? We do, yeah. We actually started in media together almost 25 years ago, which which hurts me to think about. I yes. think that's longer than Brittany's been alive, but uh, it's pretty close at least. Yeah, it's, yeah, about even. There you go. So, uh, yeah, we started. She had It was her first job out of college, and she came out uh, as a journalist, and I was working in the studio in a TV news station and uh, learning videography as well. And actually, my first training assignment as a news videographer was with her as my reporter. So we've kept in touch ever since. No, look, Candace is super smart. She talks a lot of about transitioning from media to PR. She talks a lot about the um, evolving newsrooms, media training, the evolution of social media, etc. So without further ado, Candace brown McKellia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's going to be a great conversation, I think. Now, really looking forward to it. Before we start, I have to say, check out um, Candace's company's website. It's the best PR URL ever. Yeah. We do great PR.com. Yep. Why couldn't I get that? You know, we got the, <laughs> the much less creative maroon PR.com, but we do great PR.com. It's great. Check her out. Um, give them a follow on all the social media you know, platforms you can think of. Twitter is 180. It's spelled out O N E. E-I-G-H-T-O-H, uh, 180. Um, give them a check out on all the social media platforms. But Candace, just to jump in, why don't you tell us a little bit about 180, uh, genesis of it, where you guys are today, a little bit about what you do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much. So um, my original career right out of college was um, television journalism. So I went to school at the University of Florida. I'm a Gator. And graduated from the College of Journalism and right out of school, um, worked as a TV news reporter for about six years. And at that point what is when I decided I wanted to make money. So <laughs> <laughs> instead of, you know, moving around constantly, which is kind of the life of a TV news anchor and reporter, um, I moved back to Sarasota, which was my hometown, and worked on um, – TV station there and then made the shift into public relations. And so um, when I made the shift into public relations, though, I didn't own my own firm. Originally, I went in and I worked for a real estate developer and did marketing and PR for one of the largest real estate developers in Florida and then made the shift into opening up my own business in 2012. And so we are going on um, 10 years of having 180 PR and it's just been really phenomenal. It's been fantastic to own my own business and also to kind of see journalism from the other side. A lot of uh, reporters will tell you that it's turning to the dark side when you go <laughs> from journalism yes. to public relations. 
friends. Um, but honestly, it allows me to still do what I love, and that's to tell stories and to learn about people, which is, I think, the most fascinating part of public relations is really um, telling stories, you know, personal interest stories and helping businesses promote the the good positive things that they're doing and creating messaging for them and nowadays when so many um, news organizations as you know i'm sure are doing trying to do more with less and the turnover just being so high businesses are really depending on creating their own messaging to kind of get that across to their key demographics so that's what we do is we work with all different types of clients and we understand their business and we try to really create compelling content across multiple mediums and just spread it out across the world it's really interesting candace thanks for that um we're talking to candace brown mckellia she is the owner of 180 pr they have offices in denver colorado and sarasota florida and she is a gator um you know, it's interesting you you'd mentioned about the evolution of the newsroom, and we talk about that a lot around here. And, yeah, they're shrinking. And I think in some PR firms and some PR circles, that's cause for panic. And we look at it more as an opportunity. And I'd love to get your perspective on that because, you know, it wasn't long ago that um, no newsrooms would take B-roll or images from – public relations firms that was taboo it had to be ours or we couldn't use it now it's quite the opposite and you know what we try to encourage people is don't ever be afraid afraid to include links and send images and then more times than not they're going to use it simply because they are shorthanded and i think that's more of an opportunity than oh my god well there's only so many people in the newsroom i mean it's a little bit of both but we try to take the optimistic view i'd love your perspective Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of, it's interesting, you know, coming from a journalism background, because a part of me kind of cringes when newsrooms um, are open to taking B-roll from public relations companies. But as the owner of a PR firm, too, it's great for business. So, but, you know, it's really interesting to have seen that evolution because nowadays, and I think honestly, that probably started, I started to see that start happening where newsrooms would take B-roll that we were producing as a PR firm probably really started happening about five years ago. Um, And I remember doing it for the first time. We were working for um, a salon, a hair salon in Florida, and they were having some sort of an event, a fundraiser. um, And the news organizations couldn't make it because it wasn't, you know, breaking news. And we just happened to take b-roll video when we were there that day on our iphones and i just kind of said you know what let's just send this in and see what happens Mm -hmm. and one of the local television stations actually used the b-roll that we sent in and i was kind of like holy cow i first of all that's amazing the client was thrilled but second of all i was kind of like a little sad (laughs) (laughs) because in you know when i went to journalism school obviously a hundred years ago i mean that would have been so taboo you know you would never take um material from a public relations firm so and the same thing is true you know with written content right now i think those public relations firms that are able to write in ap news style which is the you know, format that journalists prefer. If you can write a press release or a blog in AP News style and send it in and they're short staffed, a lot of times they will print exactly what you sent and they'll even call it a staff report. So, you know, that's 
it's interesting. I mean, it's great for public relations, but I'm not really sure what it says for journalistic integrity as a whole. Right. I love that you got a uh, drop in for AP News style because I'm such a huge, oh, you know. I'm, Eric wears this out with his yeah, AP. Yeah, I'm really, really strict on that around and here. It, yeah, and it's well. a great thing for him. Yeah, and of course she got her mentioned in for being a Gator as well. Uh, so Candace and I have actually known each other for almost 25 years, which I know dates us. But uh, we've seen these changes that we've talked about so far today. But what else do you see coming around next? You do a lot of media training for your clients. What do you tell them might be coming up next? And what do you tell your own employees in both Florida and Colorado? This is what we need to look for next. This is what we need to look for in hiring people next. Where do you see this going? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think the big, the biggest thing now um, that's important for brands and businesses is video. And, you know, creating their own video that they can share on multiple mediums. So video that they can share on their website, that they can share on social media and that they can share, um, you know, with television stations as bureau opportunities. And a lot of times that can be the same video that's cut in a ton of different ways. So, you know, you can shoot one video that you're going to produce as a three minute segment that you'll put on your website, but you're going to chop it up and put it in a different format for Instagram. You're maybe going to make it into a different format for an Instagram reel or put it on TikTok, or you're going to obviously put it in a different form to send it into a news station and like little snippets. So I think video creating your own video, which obviously that's what we were doing, you know, 25 years ago working as a news station. But nowadays with the um, addition of social media, um, can you imagine, Eric? I mean, back in the day, they asked us to do so much as it is. But can you imagine having to also tweet while you're out in the field right. and put it up on Instagram and put it up on Facebook and do it all these different ways? I mean, it's just it's a lot for, I think reporters to do and sure. it's a lot for brands to do but i think that's definitely the wave of the future because video is really key to engagement on any platform right now well it's really it is interesting candace you know uh, it, first of all you made britney's day britney not only produces our podcast she also shoots all our video edits it does all the creative stuff in-house and you know i'm i'm really proud of the fact that we've had in-house video services for close to a decade now. And now it seems like it seems like the norm. You mentioned social media. I'd love to get your perspective on social and not really just about its growth and all that good stuff. It seems like the TikTok you talked about a little bit, but that's, that's kind of the next one that we're getting into with a couple of clients these days and figuring our way around that world. But what about expectations? I love to talk about just how you set client expectations. We know how we do it with media relations, but I think social media, there's some unrealistic expectations now, and it's very focused on followers versus engagement. And setting the stage for that, I think, is is very important out of the gate. Yeah, I agree. And I think you bring up a really good point because a lot of people think, you know, it's so easy. Oh, can you manage my Facebook page or can you manage my Instagram? And oh, why are you charging me that much for that? It's so easy. All you have to do is be on there, you know, and, and be liking things and commenting. And, and really, there's so much more that goes into creating great feeds that are going to resonate with your specific demographic and also create um, engagement and followers because I see so many people doing social media badly and there's really no point. It's kind of like a waste of money if you're just going to go in it 
halfway. If you're just going to go in at halfway and just put up, you know, stuff that's not going to really resonate with people, it's honestly not worth it. And I tell people, don't waste your money. Like if you're going to make a, an investment in social media, hire somebody that really knows how to curate those pages and do them specifically to your brand and to what you're trying to get across. You know, a lot of people too, in the beginning of social media, a lot of people would use um, programs like Hootsuite where you could, and there's a, a bunch of them, but where you would put something up on one platform and would share it across all of your different social media platforms. And really you can't do that anymore because the audience that you have on Instagram, for example, is completely different than the audience you have on Facebook. And um, certainly that's the case for the audience that you have on TikTok because that's such a younger demographic. And so I think setting expectations with clients is you have to really say, you know, look, what's your target? Who are you trying to really attract? And maybe maybe you only want to hire out to do one platform and do it really, really well. Because I, in my opinion, it's better to do one platform like Facebook or Instagram really well than to try to do all of them and not do any of them good. So, yeah, I mean, I think you really have to just find out what's your demographic and really do a great job on that one platform. Taking a pivot just a little bit, Candice, um, we, are, we have current PR pros that listen to this podcast, but we also have upcoming PR pros, people that are studying in college right now or in, you know, in, a, in a technical school trying to get those skills and get ready to go. I wonder where you're looking when you hire right now or when you're hiring for the next year, because like you said, when you went to college at the University of Florida, we know when you went to college that you you learned as a journalist, right? You were on air. You weren't looking at a lot of the journalists now are one one person bands, right? They're shooting, they're editing, they they set up their own stand ups, they record it, they come back, they edit it, then they write it, then they read it. They, you know, they do everything that didn't used to be the case. So what do you look for when you're trying to hire people? Or if you went to go speak to a college class right now, what would you tell them they, the skills they need to have graduating in May or in the next couple of years, maybe? That's a really great question. And it's a difficult one to answer because it's so challenging to find somebody that can do it all. Right. And so what I look for is honestly somebody who is going to make me look good as a business owner and is going to, um, I try to just surround myself with really smart people that are interested in other people and are nice and professional. And it's funny, you can have all these skills, but if you're not truly interested in other people and you're not like naturally inquisitive, I think that's, those are some of the best skills to have when you're going into public relations or even journalism. It's like, you really have to be interested in other people and the other stuff can kind of come, you know, you can learn how to do so much online these days. And some of the, some kids that, you know, my daughter, my 15 year old daughter can make an Instagram reel better than I can. So (laughs) (laughs) she has no formal training. So, um, you know, I think it's, you have to just really be interested in other people and, um, be a good writer. You know, a funny story. When I first started my business, um, the first person I hired, I went to school for TV news. So I write like a television news reporter, which is completely different than writing for, you know, public relations. And so the first person I hired was also a Gator, but she went to school for public relations. And so 
when I would write a press release, she would take that press release and like demolish it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know AP News style right. when I first started. And when I started my own agency, I didn't know how to write AP News style because I went to school for TV news. And so she would take this press release and just like, you know, edit it worse than any professor I ever had. <laughs> and so I think it really, you know, a good firm and I'm sure you'll agree with this, but a good firm is really kind of comprised of people from a lot of different backgrounds um, that go to school for a lot of different things and can do do it all, you know, with all of the different skill sets that you have. And so when I look to hire, I look for I look for someone who's going to round out our team. You know, maybe I have someone that can do great video, but I need another uh, person who's really good at AP News style, or maybe I need somebody who can really um, pitch news stories and really has that relationship thing down. So I think it just really depends on what specific skill set you're looking for and somebody that's willing to learn and somebody that's willing to be open to doing everything nowadays, because that's kind of what we do. Yeah, we're I'm, we're on the same page with that, Candace. I mean, I, it, it's funny. I saw something on LinkedIn recently that I couldn't resist but comment on it was basically about education kids coming out of school where they went to school and honestly i don't care where you went to school can you look me in the eye do you have interest do you want to learn are you kind like there's a lot of more important things and then then where the what the paper says and uh you know i think that take it from there And there's a lot of good young people out there that really want to get into this industry and and can bring a lot to the table i want to ask you a little bit about your media training it seems like a pretty significant part of your business and you know i think there's a lot of folks out there we can find plenty of bad interviews out there and folks that just don't they run into this you know they they hire a pr firm or they have an in-house PR person, they land a big interview and then they're just not prepped and they go in and then they're mad at the journalist because I didn't say that. Yeah, you said it. You didn't think it through. <laughs> what are Talk about a little bit some of the keys when you go through that process with a client. What are some of the key things you try to boil it down to and really drive home? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is identifying that person within your company who is going to be a great spokesperson. And so a lot of times it's wonderful if that person can be the CEO or if that person can be a top executive in the company, but really, you know, identifying the top one, maybe two people who um, are the most coachable and can really work on those media skills. And then second to that, I think, really important before you're going to do any type of an interview is I always tell people is, you know, you've got to have those talking points ready to go. So think about what the interview is going to be about and come up with three to five talking points. And then really, no matter what the interviewer asks you, you have to kind of embrace your inner politician and circle it back to one of those talking points that you've already prepped and are ready to go with. And then know what you want to talk about, but make sure that when you're using those talking points, they're short and succinct because obviously nowadays everybody wants to hear that 30 second soundbite or actually most of the time it might even be shorter than that 15 to 20 second soundbite. So make sure that you know what you want to say, you rehearse what you want to say and then a big thing, too, about looking good on camera is smiling. That is probably the number one thing that I see people doing poorly in television interviews or 
when they're being interviewed in a video even is they don't smile. They look miserable (laughs) when they're they're talking. And so if you just take a minute and sometimes it feels really awkward to smile when you're talking, but that's one of the things that you learn um, pretty early on as a TV news anchor is when you're talking, of course, hopefully it's not about something that's sad. You know, you want to be appropriate to what you're talking about, but you want to smile when you're talking. It feels really weird but it looks so much better on camera. And then also posture is a really big thing. You want to, you never want to be slouching. You always want to be cognizant of how you're sitting, sitting up straight. Um, and then finally, the really big, big thing is lighting. So whenever, whenever we do a video, we try to shoot it outside in natural light. If you can get like that golden hour light, it's perfect. But if you don't have great lighting, then you can just create it. Use a ring light. You know, ring lights are really cheap. You can buy them for $25 on Amazon and um, you use a ring light and make sure that at least you look good when you're on that video interview. Now, it's funny you mentioned those were great, great tips. Um, and it's funny you mentioned the inner politician. We, when we do media training with a couple of clients, we always talk about, you know how you're watching the Sunday news show and you see the same person saying the same thing on every show when you flick around the channels? You're like, oh, my God. I'm like, yes, do that. You know, they are specifically trained. That is, You know what their message is, whether you like it or not. You know what their message is and what they were told to get across uh, over the, in the days before that. So that is a funny point. Candace, you mentioned that you look for people with different backgrounds. And speaking of your experience in PR, you do one of the things you mainly focus on is commercial PR, right? Commercial real estate PR, I should say. We do the same yeah. thing here. We work obviously in different states, but that is a very, very different world, right? So it's different than healthcare PR, than product PR, retail, those types of things. What are some of the strategies that you found to be really effective in real estate, especially commercial real estate PR? And then I think you've done some of the residential as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's sort of our niche. And I think that's, um, it's something that I'm super passionate about, I guess only because my family has been involved in real estate for years and years and years. My grandfather was a real estate developer. My parents have both been in real estate. I have a real estate license in Florida and Colorado. So I love it. I love real estate. Um, and we do a lot of it, um, from a PR perspective. And I think nowadays when it comes to commercial real estate in particular, Um, what's fascinating to me is how commercial real estate is really evolving and how shopping malls are kind of dying out across the country. And we work with a lot of developers who are making that shift from, you know, what used to be the shopping mall inside shopping mall experience to now creating these mixed use centers that have open space and connection and activation and are really a combination of office and restaurants and hotels and um, parks. And so from a PR perspective, when we work with a developer that is creating a commercial real estate shopping center, that's sort of what we focus on is how can we get the message across, especially in this like post COVID world too. People don't want to really be in stuffy indoor spaces anymore. People want to be shopping where there's um, outside areas and Wi-Fi hotspots and patios and quick to go pickup places and things like that. So when we're working with developers now, we're really trying to create their um, video and messaging assets and even their web design that really, so they can come across as being really 
forward-thinking, proactive developers that are making new spaces that people can gather in um, safely. And they can gather in safety, but they can also be like entertainment hubs where people can come and still be together, but be together in outdoor spaces. So that's really um, an interesting shift that we've had to make recently. Hey, Candace, I one more and we'll let you go. I, I was just curious from your perspective when you talk about the real estate. It's very similar to other businesses and how they work these days. But we're seeing that there's a lot there's a significant onus on developers making sure that the community is included from the jump, making sure that they are listening to the community, that they're in some, there's a, in, in many cases, there's a, uh, an agreement between the community and the developer. You know, we're working with a uh, Weller development, which is a great developer locally who's rebuilding an entire community in South Baltimore called Port Covington. And, there was a lot of um, resistance to them initially, and now they've won a lot of folks over. But we're seeing more and more that it's much or much more than it used to be about winning over the community, engaging with them from the jump instead of after the fact. Are you seeing a lot of that? Oh, my gosh, that's such a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up because absolutely. And I think that's something that developers nowadays are having to get into more than they ever had to in the past. And that's um, the other side of public relations, which is which is community relations. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. That's something that we certainly will help our clients out with as far as like setting up um, town hall meetings and getting the community involved from the beginning of a project and making sure that um, they're taking into consideration what the community wants um, before they ever even draw up a site plan, you know, and before they ever even put in for entitlements or zoning and working with the, not only the community, but the municipalities to make sure that they're on board because you know, a lot of there's going to be some places around the country that are going to be very pro business and are going to help developers get a project through. And then there's going to be other places that are not going to be so pro business. And from a developer perspective, they're probably going to resonate towards um, those communities that want them. And, you know, getting that input from the very beginning is going to make it a much smoother process for sure. Candace Brown McCallia, she is the owner of 180PR in Sarasota, Florida, and Denver, Colorado. Again, check out their website. It's a great site with the best URL ever. We do greatpr.com. We do greatpr.com. Candace, really appreciate you taking a few minutes. This was incredibly insightful. I know our listeners will enjoy it. Thank you so much for having me. I really, I really enjoyed it as well. Thanks for listening to Spin is a Four Letter Word. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe. Send us your feedback too. We want this to be interesting for everybody. And give us a follow at Maroon PR on Twitter and LinkedIn.